Check it out. And saying, come on, Kales. Gonna make it happen. Come on, Kales. That fast break action. It's Maddie and Patty. Coast to coast from Brooklyn, it's Pat McMenamin to the Golden Fucking State. It's Matt Youngner. Say hello, Maddie. Hey, Patty. Ah, that was a soulful rendition of the 1970s era Cavs theme song, Come On Cavs, which we used to open the uh, inaugural broadcast, uh, inaugural podcast, I should say, uh, of the Maddie and Patty Cavs podcast. Sad, sung by sad, sad Uncle Granty. In the wake of a disappointing 21-point drubbing of the Cavs at the small hands of the small of the surprise small ball warriors in Game Four of the NBA Finals, Matt, Matt are you okay? Are, are you? It sounds like you're moving a stool into place uh, to do something rash. Uh, are you okay? No, I'm okay. This is this okay. is reality crashing back down on our heads, Pat. But we sort of knew yes. it was coming. Oh yes, we did. Um, Doesn't make it sting less, but it's coming. No. It doesn't. And I will say the drubbing was surprisingly close by the end of the third quarter, but the Cavs just didn't have enough gas in the tank to keep it up in the fourth. Um, as I said, uh, that depressing ballad, by the way, that we heard to start the broadcast after little technical difficulties at the top uh, is actually part of a very exciting addition to the Maddie and Patty Cavs podcast. Ooh. Uh, we have in-game correspondence now, Maddie. Uh, Uncle Granty... And the vile Stiggy Thins were in attendance at the queue uh, for Game Four, and they recorded live reports both before and immediately after the game. Uh, so we'll get to the reports a little earlier. Uh, sorry, we'll get to the reports early on in this broadcast. Uh, I keep saying prod, prod, broadcast, pro- broadcast. Did I just say? You're saying it all. Uh, I'm just saying everything. Um, but as you said, as I think you once said, that's why people love me. Uh, or it's what makes me lovable. I don't know that people actually do love me, but anyway, That's correct. Stick, with, stick with us. Uh, we'll get to those uh, uh, um, uh, crucial reports uh, early on in the podcast. Um, by way of introduction, we are two long-suffering Cleveland sports fans who spend far too much time watching, reading, and thinking about the Cavs. Uh, we are unapologetic homers, but we are self-aware homers with brains. So if you would like the informed, intelligent Cleveland fans' perspective on all things Cavs, you've come to the right place. And be forewarned, it is the finals, and I have absolutely no filter. So there is an obscenity amnesty in place for the duration of this podcast. You can say whatever you want, Pat. <laughs> That's goddamn right. All right. Uh, Maddie, today our kill list overfloweth. Yeah. Um, quickly explain once again, as briefly as you can, uh, what the kill list is for new listeners that might be concerned about our, um, our grasp of morality. Sure, of course. They should be. <laughs> so especially in the playoffs, especially in basketball for me, mm-hmm. an opponent can upset you so much with their style of play, their behavior on and off the court, their face. <laughs> the face can, is a very underrated feature. Oh yeah, that happens all the time. <laughs> that you realize some part of yourself that in a consequence-free environment, no laws, no morality no one to answer to, not even yourself, your conscience, that you would murder them. <laughs> and the last, <laughs> that last game, I don't know that there's enough bullets 
to take care of the murder <laughs> list from that last empty game that, Empty that chamber. Uh, 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 I mean, there's a lot of caveats that we throw out there, obviously, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure I have enough. Um, I'm going to start off game. I'm going to start off players, off teams. Uh, Joey Crawford, Jesus Christ, just needs to die. And I might not even be that um, – <laughs> I might not even. I might not. Even, my moral scruples would not be concerned about this. I think. I mean, consequence-free environment, all that stuff going in place. But he just seems like a horrible human being. Like just somebody. I mean, like I don't know. Maybe he's a wonderful guy off the court, but just watching the way he reacts to people, I just think this guy must be a real asshole in real life too. To, to react that way to any kind of discussion or complaint, like. I mean, the, the moment that he said, "Why don't you do me a favor and shut the hell up." To, or shut up! I didn't say shut down. Shut up to Mozgov, who wasn't even talking to him. By the way, he's talking to the other uh, ref. Uh, just completely unprofessional. Uh, the kind of thing that would get you fired in, in, in many, <laughs> many other settings, uh, and would seem to be out of, uh, uh, you know, not in keeping for the kind of demeanor you want in an NBA referee or any kind of referee in any sport. No, his his whole thing is unacceptable. I felt after that game like I do. Uh, when I read about the terrible incarceration rates in this country or mm. like giant corporate malfeasance where I'm just like, I got to do something about this. I don't, I think I got to get on the streets and just do something. That's how I felt watching <laughs> Joe Crawford. I was like, Pat, we got to do something here. This, this can't I, stand. That's what I mean. You can put the caveats aside. I think we might, <laughs> even in a consequence-filled environment, we might do something about this. Citizens we'll have to... Have to take control here. It is really bad. He, he can't be an official in these. I mean, the, clearly wow. in this game, officiating did not play a role in its outcome. But how can you have and, no, not, and not that he's biased against the Cavs or biased against anybody besides Tim Duncan and the Spurs? But how can no. he be out there officiating games, behaving the way that he does? It's totally unacceptable. It's a it's a long record as you as you mentioned the Spurs, um, but also throughout the game, like he, you know, he's the king of the makeup call. I mean, the other call he had early was uh, uh, David Lee flying to the rim. No one touches him really. It's a good it's a good defensive play. He misses the basket entirely. The guy there's a guy standing right under the basket sees that play perfectly. Of course, does not even pull his whistle to his his mouth. The ref underneath the basket is watching this. The ball falls down, hits the floor. Bounces back up. Cavs player catches it, and then you can watch. You can watch the replay. Danny, sorry, uh, Joey, uh, Joey Crawford watches the whole thing and then pulls the whistle to his mouth and blows the whistle. He's on the other side of the court, the worst position possible. Waits for the ball to land and says, no, no, I, that, that's, I'm going to call that. That needs to be a foul. Yeah. I don't think he could even see the play. There were half a dozen guys between him and the, and the, and the shot. It's the kind of thing I'm just gonna. I, I he decided I'm gonna call a foul here. I'm just gonna, yeah. I, no, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna exit. I, I, I'm Joey. I'm Joey Crawford. I'm gonna call a foul here. Okay, and shut the fuck up. Shut up. You know, it's like what? Fuck you. What an asshole. I mean, again, and to be clear, he was terrible all around. I caught a few couple, a couple of makeup calls. He's the king of the makeup call too, by the way. When he blows something, you guarantee Joey Crawford of all people is not gonna try and call the right call uh, uh, coming on the court. He's gonna do a makeup call if he thinks he. It, he'll, he'll never. He'll never admit it to you. That's why he does. That's why I, I, you know, I balance things out that way. I'm sure he's quoted that way somewhere in, in life. Uh, can we speculate a little bit about, uh, about him as a human being? Um, don't, don't you feel like he's committed a crime somewhere in his life and just gotten away with it because, you know? Something. I don't know. So after, you know, the big thing he did was threw Tim Duncan out of a game while Duncan was sitting on the bench and laughing about something because he felt Duncan was laughing at him. At him? Yeah. Uh, and he got suspended. I think, it was, I think he was just not even suspended but expelled at the time by Stern. 
and yeah. Stern ended up letting him back in at the beginning of the next season. Um, Big mistake. But they got clearly it's within their power to do something about this. I'm sure the union, do, the refs union, that, would stand up for him. But do you I don't know why the NBA would want this to happen. Do you think that Stern let him back into the league to save people's lives? Like, do, does he? Did he think that Joey Crawford was going to go on a killing spree? Like, this is this is his only outlet for being a complete asshole? Possible. <laughs> uh, I don't want to engage in rank speculation, Pat, but I think it's entirely oh, possible oh, I, that... I, I do. <laughs> I think Crawford may have been threatening to kill children and puppies. I think that's entirely uh, possible. I mean, we're just speculating here. It's not say, not, not, not say that it's true. Uh, you know, Maddie, I have a day job where I have to resist that impulse, so uh, I'd like to just have carte blanche here in this, in this setting. To speculate wildly, uh, and I like to say that you know, uh, I think he's probably yeah. I think he's killed children and puppies, and I think he's I think he probably actually is responsible for global warming too. I think he's the one doing that. I'm pretty sure. It, it, it's it's got to stop. He can't. I I don't know. I don't know what the schedule of refs is for the rest of the finals. He can't call any more finals games. He should not call a meaningful no. game ever. He probably shouldn't yeah. be in the NBA. Period. No. Um, and. Everybody sort of knows it too. That's what's weird. If you're on Twitter during those games, it's just like here he goes, there he goes. Up, oh, Joey Crawford, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, he's he's a he's a laughing stock. He's a joke. He's making the NBA laughing stocks for even employing him, let alone Trump. giving him giving him like he's a he was like the lead crew chief of that of that mm -hmm. team. That was his like the NBA Finals game that he's called. That, that's 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 unionism, Matt. That's that's the curse of unions. Yeah, tenure, you, tenure. Tenure. You, uh, I was thinking about like, do we need to start a Larry Hughes? Please stop taking so many bad shots. dot com style website. So I was doing some digging during the game, and there already <laughs> is a Joey Crawford is the worst referee in the NBA Facebook page that has more than two thousand likes. Uh, a Joey Crawford, the worst NBA referee ever YouTube page. <laughs> uh, articles from Vice, Joey Crawford is the worst, from Bleacher Report from 2012, why Joey Crawford is the worst referee in the NBA. I mean, it's not, this oh, isn't wow. a secret or us making stuff up. Everybody knows it. No. it. It just has to stop. I don't know. It has to stop. He is, oh my God, I, I don't even have to do about it. Um, God. Okay, moving on to actual players, Maddie. Unless there's more we can say about him. No, that's right. we said our piece. We're trying to do our thing here to, to have him stop. But write your congressman, write your senator, or uh, uh, or you know, uh, loyal listeners, just please start start another uh, URL. I'm sure not all the URLs are taken. We got to come up with something else, and uh, we got we got, we have to stop this man uh, from ever ruining an NBA Finals game again. Uh, it's terrible, but. But uh, he's not alone uh, on the kill list, uh, Maddie. Uh, second, uh, top of my list for the Warriors right now. Uh, you know, replacing Andrew Bogut for me. Or no, actually, I think he he, he top of the list last week. So stay at the top of the list, Draymond Green. But Maddie, help me out. I I just so much so much has upset me over the past uh, you know twenty four hours, uh, forty eight hours. Excuse me. Um, I I've completely forgotten why. I just remember thinking, oh yes, absolutely, without question, he's, he's at the top now. But I can't remember. Can you uh, can you remind me what he did? Yeah, it's not so much what he did, but how he did it, Pat, and that he he is running around out there with an undeserved sense of accomplishment yeah. <laughs> and yeah. confidence mm -hmm. that is infuriating, especially after how he's played the last few games of total bed shitting from him. From same a, can be said for same can be said for pretty much all the Warriors except for Iguodala. Uh, yeah, a lot of them. Um, 
So that was the most annoying thing is he was doing his usual shtick um, mm -hmm. and acting like he'd really accomplished something out there because he put a couple shots in for one game. Um, that's I don't think he I don't think he hurt anybody. His picks were illegal, but not more egregiously so than they usually are. Mm -hmm. um, he's just was acting like he was hot shit, and that made yeah. me and you and everybody else we know very angry. Speaking of that, uh, uh, another guy who uh, uh, definitely you know definitely is on the list now. I, I put him I put him on the actual kill list now for me. Uh, before he was in the you know on the bubble, uh, Clay Thompson. At the uh, end of the game, yeah, you did not that like that. Was, a, a game that he was awful. I mean, he hit a couple of a couple of shots here and there, but he actually had a pretty terrible line. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but four for nine, Patty. Four for nine from the field. One for five from three point range. Two boards, two assists, a block, nine points, and thirty nine. I mean, not the worst field goal percentage in the world, but for a guy who's supposed to be their their number two, their their you know, that was a pretty crappy game from him. Uh, and he didn't do anything really down the stretch when they finally pulled away. Uh, but after somebody else, one of his teammates made a big play, and we were clearly out, down and out, he walked off the cart and started shushing the crowd, just looking so pleased with himself. Like, oh, look, yeah, look what I did, just shush. No, no, that is, that is such marked behavior. That is, that is embarrassing. He should be embarrassed. The team should be embarrassed for him and say, Clay, 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 hey, hey, that's not cool. You didn't do shit. You don't. You don't shut the crowd when you haven't done anything. You In game four like, of a tied series. Yeah, you you look like an asshole because you are an asshole. Um, I mean, what the fuck? I, I'm surprised it's not being talked about more. This is that that should be like you know, eye-openingly stupid and rookie mistake-ish. He's not a rookie anymore. That hasn't been for a couple of years. Um, that's just embarrassing, and that man deserves to die. Yeah, it sort of gets um, in, in blowouts. That in kind of behavior of starts to get overlooked. Yes, exactly. In a consequence of environment, of course. That all the caveats are back on for this. Um, um, <laughs> off for Joey, but on for these guys. Uh, that drove me crazy. Andrew Bogut is still very high up there, even though he played like two to three minutes, just because, again, oversized sense of accomplishment. He was talking a big game, running, running his, his mouth. mouth so running much. his mouth. And he played three fucking minutes. He got benched because he's terrible. He's awful and he's killing that team. We want him. We need him on the court more because he's awful at basketball against us, at least. Patty, um, did, did you also see that he says that LeBron did the, the cut to himself by over-exaggerating yes. the contact oh. and leaping out of bounds? Oh, oh, uh, like an unbelievably, in a, in a, in a very Australian way. Uh, one of my colleagues uh, at HuffPost Live, uh, Josh Zepps, is Australian. And he, he can be, even to it by his own admission, an unbelievable asshole at times. He's a good friend of mine. I'm very good friends with him. Uh, and what I love about him is he's my asshole. Uh, so I enjoy that. But uh, in the exact same fashion, the reporter, when he said that for the first time, the reporter said, so you, you, think, you think it appeared like LeBron was jumping? He's like, no, I didn't say I think that. I didn't think it appeared like that. That's what happened. That's what happened. It's like, you didn't have to be a dick to the reporter, too. Like, fuck you. And two, like... <laughs> Yeah, you know, LeBron, you know, what annoys me, there's some truth to his, uh, uh, you know, exaggerating. But, you know, the initial contact that happened was Bush League and bullshit, you know, hard foul, whatever, but it was not a basketball play. He had no play in the ball. He just wanted to shove him out of bounds because he couldn't stop the basketball play. Uh, and, you know, it wasn't uh, uh, LeBron's idea to jump into the, uh, in the fucking Canberra Bay, which is inexplicably so goddamn close to the baseline. Um, I don't know. Just 
unbelievable asshole who, who, who was running his mouth a lot for a guy who's been playing one awful and two not even playing at all now because he's terrible at basketball. Yep. And still getting his dirty, his dirtiness in whenever he can. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Another guy I want to add to this list is Andre Iguodala. Whoa, Pat. Uh, did you not catch the moment? Uh, he, no, he's not on the list. He's, to me, he's bubble. This is bubble now. We're, we're off the kill list and on the bubble now. Uh, Andre Iguodala's on the bubble now. He's playing amazing. He's playing great. It, you know, if the Warriors pull out the series win, I think he's unquestionably the MVP, which is amazing since he's only started one game so far. Um, but did you not catch the moment where he openly mocked and laughed at LeBron? I did catch uh, that. You know, LeBron, who, who, had a, who had a gash in his head. Uh, he pretended to be in pain after a foul, like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, look at that. It's like, um, well, when he got caught across the wrist on a, on a drive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, God damn, just fuck you. Fuck you so much. Uh, you know, you come back to me, uh, you know, when, when you've been hacked, punched in the face, you know, run into a camera lens, uh, <laughs> uh, twisting your ankle on reporters on the sidelines, uh, the way he's been hammered throughout this playoffs and this finals, and especially this finals, not getting calls on some of these hammers. Some of them he gets calls, but you know, but like, not getting calls on a lot of these things where he's being hacked and hammered throughout the whole game. And then you come back and start, you know, bitching and making fun of LeBron. But uh, you know, fuck you, Andrew. I, 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 I want LeBron to destroy him so much and his will to live. Um, but I don't want to kill him. Uh, he's he's still he's still in the bubble for me. He's such a good defender, and uh, uh, he better watch himself though. Yeah. You better check himself. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to Steph Curry. Oh yeah, he got there. Um, he, he started to get there for me in that game. Yep. Um, just, I mean, it was driving me crazy. This constant like, there's nothing they're doing, man. There's nothing they're doing. Like, well, then you just suck at basketball for you know on the big stage. You're just a huge choke artist. Then if it's not nothing we're doing, if we're not doing anything to bother you, then you're just a really huge choke artist. So which one is it? We're either we're doing a good job on defense to slow you down a little bit, to make you work for your shots, or you're a choke artist. So <laughs> which one's it going to be, Steph? Mm -hmm. I don't understand why, why reporters haven't been pushing this angle to him. So what's the matter? It's been four games. You still haven't really been yourself. It's, if it's not the Cavs, what is it? I would love someone to ask him that question. And this goes to Deming. I want to give a quick shout-out to Deming, who texted us. Uh, uh, he didn't want to put Curry on this kill list so much as he wanted to put everyone who can't stop – quote. He wanted to put, quote, everyone who can't stop, stop sucking his cock even after he to act like a bitch and not be that great in big moments on the kill list. Um, and uh, I, you know, bubble list for me, but I'm a little bit annoyed that people had not been uh, pushing him on this. I mean, if LeBron was playing this way and, and responding this way in press, you know, uh, outings, uh, he'd be crucified. Yeah. Curry gets a pass because he looks like a 12-year-old. <laughs> he looks like a 12-year-old and he seems like a good dad. Like, that just makes up for everything. Um, did you catch him? Anyway. There was a point in the game where he, a call, of course, did not go the way that he wanted because hmm? none of the calls go the way he wants. And right. his reaction was to hop up and down and turn in a circle and shake his fist like a tiny little kid. Like a, like a, like a fucking toddler? Yeah. Oh, I didn't like that call. <laughs> oh, doing that nonsense. Yeah. yeah. These guys are babies, game. man. Such babies. Uh, I mean, they act like toddlers. Honestly, they, the the way they complain after calls is is rivaled only by my son when I tell him to do something that he doesn't want to do. Yeah, or I tell him he can't do something that he wants to do. It's it that it really is only rivaled by that, but also the sheer irrational glee at uh, something going right, acting as if you know it was all because of his you know will. <laughs> no, they are 
they like their oh fans are front runners. Oh Big my time. god, huge! So uh, it's it's starting to drive me crazy, and I, and it would be really great if we could uh, put them in their place uh, tomorrow night. Wipe um, those smirks off their faces, Pat. Yes. You wipe their smirks right off their faces. All right, Maddie. Wow, this is this is a, 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 naturally for a a, a loss uh, oriented podcast. We spent twenty minutes on the kill list, which is awesome, but far more time than we intended to spend. Uh, quickly, I didn't want to leave before we added one more new name. Yeah, to the, you left somebody off to, to the radar. Go ahead. Who? David Lee needs to be on there, Patty. Mm. Okay. Okay. Who? Uh, I'm sorry. Why? Why? Uh, there was a play in the first half where there was contact at the basket, uh, with Tristan, him and LeBron, I believe that mm -hmm. folks went down in a heap and Lee did a little extracurricular activity to our boy TT on the way down. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He gave him, he gave him a little push that. and, uh, Lee really got back into him and then got up and acted like, wait, what's the problem? I don't know why anybody would be upset about this. Right. I didn't, I didn't care for that. And, and they got a double t the double technical bullshit. The the cop uh, double technical was on that one, I think, wasn't it? I don't think they did call it double. I think the announcers pointed out that they did not call it double technical. They just oh, let it go. Oh, I, I heard that and thought it was double technical, and so I ignored it because it you know doesn't mean anything. Yeah, no, they just let that go. And then there was the play before – it was right before halftime where Duffy was walking off the court and mouthing off to Curry and Lee. Uh, which mm -hmm. I love. I'm sure Warriors yes. fan probably wants to murder Deli for that. Well, of course, he's he's on any any non-Cavs fans uh, uh, kill list as we as we've established. And uh, I didn't like what Lee said back to him, and I did not like Steph Curry's pathetic little shove on Deli too on his way off the court. Oh so. yeah, and he also also I mean Curry got away with some gigantic shoves, uh, push offs. I mean look, I know LeBron does a little bit of that too, but it's more of a warding off like. He doesn't do it on the drive, whereas Curry did it to break free on one of those great layups where he like hesitated towards the top of the key and everyone stopped because they're worried about him shooting the three and they drove in for a wide open layup. He also just yeah. grabbed Deli and shoved him with a full straight arm. No one called it because you know baby face. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, those guys are all rapidly rising on the list. Uh, I'd still say bubble for David Lee, uh, Steph Curry, and Andre Iguodala. Do, do you agree? Agreed. Or are they on the, are they on the kill list yet? Yeah. Oh, we agree. Okay. Uh, last thing before we move on, just um, I don't want to go through this, but Dave did suggest something that's interesting to do. We may follow up on this in future podcasts, but a non-player uh, kill list, meaning like the referees and the announcers, all those folks. I think it's a great uh, topic that we can explore fully, uh, more fully in, in a future podcast. But uh, we are we are uh, uh, manifestly behind time now, Maddie. So um, let's move it along. Before we move on, I, I want to go before we talk about the game. Before we talk about game four, Maddie, uh, I want to go to our correspondents, our in-game correspondents with their pre-game report from the queue, recorded live right before the game, in the queue, uh, Uncle Granty and the vile Sticky Thins. Let's take a listen. This is Uncle Granty and Jeff, the vile Sticky Thins, coming in from game four at the Gonorrhea, I mean the Quicken Loans Arena. Oh. Taking a with bubbles from the wire. Doing it up the way it's supposed to be done in Cleveland. Championship style. Trying to lock up game four. Putting our foot to the neck of these bitches from Golden State. Seeing Michael Thompson. Seeing bubbles from the wire. We met Nick Stevens' college roommate. His name is Randy. He looks like Bill Jackson. It's crazy. Dave Chappelle last night. Getting it done. Third row. Third row for Dave Chappelle. 
amazing i wish they could have live streamed that i would have been so pumped <laughs> well that uh was a fantastic uh, uh opening uh entry and report from cleveland ohio and the queue before game four um maddie what are your first uh thoughts uh let, let, let's let's break down that report with some instant reaction and an, an analysis uh i love that they're calling steph curry bubs from the wire that makes me <laughs> i couldn't catch that reference they're talking they're calling steph curry bubs yeah from they're the calling wire. them bubbles from the wire <laughs> it's like a heroin <laughs> addict with those dark circles around his eye and his thin sickly frame what do we think about the gonorrhea joke the gundarina gonorrhea joke that joke still yeah. plays for me i like it's it a class it's a classic I, I liked it it was it was it was a uh, it was a crowd pleaser it's one of those yeah. like you know we said Uncle Granty. It's one of those like jokes your uncle tells you, you know. Like said, yes. yeah, no, I put that joke, Uncle. But uh, you know, I like it. it. Makes me happy. <laughs> Some now good name dropping too. All they're talking about running into Nick Saban's college roommate who looked like Phil yeah. Jackson. I don't really know what any of that meant. I I'm not quite sure. Other than I presume they ran into a guy who claimed to be Nick Saban's college roommate who resembled Phil Jackson. But and how they could see Dave Chappelle from the in the third row from their seats? That, those are some good eyes. <laughs> no, 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 no. What do they say? What do they say? I missed. It. I couldn't. I couldn't hear. I it. believe at least Grant and maybe the both of them had actually gone to see Dave Chappelle the night before. Oh. And okay. had third row seats for said Ooh, Chappelle performance. Baller, baller. That is that is pretty good. Um, the other thing that I thought that stood out to me uh, was Versteeg's humility. I don't think I've ever heard humility from the vile sticky thins. Now he must have been drunk. He said, "No answer for our strategy." He said, "Quote: I got to eat my words." I said, "You know, Delhi is having an effect. He's you know crediting his energy, his peskiness uh, on uh, Curry's level of play." Uh, respect Versteeg. I'm I'm I, I agree. I obviously. Um, but, um, uh, and I think, but this will be interesting, uh, Stiggy, you want to listen, listen longer because I think, you know, you were saying they have no answer for our defense. I still don't think they do. We'll talk about that. Uh, I think they obviously blew us out, but I don't think it's because of something they did, um, so much in terms of the, the strategy. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if you still, uh, feel like, uh, our defense is the right, right to go, uh, Stiggy. So hopefully if you're listening, send in some comments. Um, but, um, Anything else to that for you aside from the uh, the classic Uncle Granty self question? Oh, I'm so glad you asked me that. No, I loved it. I love the <laughs> energy. I like Beautiful. the report. Let's keep them coming. Uh, yeah. So we'll check in with them uh, after we finish talking about the game to see uh, if they were still alive after the game or um, you know anything like that. 
Um, all right, now let's start off at the very top with the big headline from Game 4 was the Warriors' surprise small ball lineup change. Uh, was it really a, uh, the difference maker that everyone seemed to make it out to be? Uh, it made a difference. I don't know if it was the difference or the sole explanation for what happened. We'll, we'll talk about that. I think getting Bogut out of the lineup is a big deal. He's been a he's yeah. been terrible for them. That is so true. Any, anything that got him the hell out of there was probably the right move. And getting Iguodala more time, who, as you said, has been their best player in the series, was a smart move. So beyond X's and O's, I think the very simple replace one of your worst players with more time from one of your best players is generally a winning formula. <laughs> yeah, one that escaped Tom Thibodeau, who kept playing huge minutes to uh, uh, Joakim Noah, who is easily the worst player of the Bulls in that series, and was a blessing every time he was on that, every minute he was on that court. Yeah, for us. The other, um, the other stuff with it though, the idea that their pace was much faster. I don't think they're, yeah. from what I read, I don't think their pace was actually much faster at all from what it had been previously. No, um, and interestingly, and interestingly, Maddie, their starting lineup was actually, a, I think, it was a minus one. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, 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 sticky alert for my plus minus obsession, but um, no. But in, in terms of like, it, it's interesting that that lineup in particular uh, did not um, win. You know, their lineup match. Or, you know, we 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 outscored them by one when they fielded that lineup out there. Yeah. Now they 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 kicked the crap out of us when they had Sean Livingston in the lineup, which is you know one of those you know James Jones kind of weird uh, in game things. But also Livingston had a great game uh, on offense and defense, um, which again is another big factor in this this game that I think explains why that lineup did well. But again, I don't think it was their small ball lineup that increased the pace because it didn't increase the pace that much. One thing that no. did happen, though, Maddie, uh, I don't actually have the numbers in front of me, but to the eye at least, the eyeball test, they had a lot more fast break opportunities uh, than we've usually let them have. Yep. Um, was that small ball related or fatigue related breakdowns on defense? I certainly think the latter, but what do you think? So I think it is a little bit of – so I think a lot of this is related to fatigue, right? That's, that is mm -hmm. the, uh, the, the yeah. ultimate cause here of a lot of the yeah. issues the Cavs had. Some of the, the proximate causes, though, were our bad offense. Yeah. yeah. Right? So just, just missing shots. Where before we talked about the ISO LeBron, where we dumped it down to him in the paint, let the clock run down, he came with a good drive or kicked it out to a guy who could hit a shot. Um, we didn't – run that as much. Uh, LeBron mm -hmm. was not the focal point for whatever reason. I, you could say that's because Iguodala did such an amazing job and they just stuck him. I might say it's just because he's exhausted. Yeah. Um, our guys didn't hit their shots. That could be because they were played very well by the Warriors who had more energy or if, I think this is probably more accurate. They had a lot of open shots. They just didn't hit them either due to bad luck or because their legs are dead. And I think that offense not running the way we talked. That's one of the things we talked about, uh, the benefits of that offense, was that it sort of acted as defense and helped prevent fast break opportunities. And mm -hmm. as that broke down, um, it had that consequence for us too. Yeah. That they were able to get out and leak out a little bit more. But, um, yeah, but this is, this is where I come down, though, Matty, is that you know, the, the, the Warriors solve our defense as, honestly, a lot of respected reporters and writers I, I'm uh, reading seem to buy into. That it was the big, the small ball lineup change that uh, solved uh, the defense. When I don't think that's really what happened. I think the difference is the, their role players just hit shots for the first time in four games. Mm -hmm. We've been giving them, that, we've been giving them that shot for four games, and their success rate is one out of four right now, twenty five percent. That's terrible. Right. Um, the, the, I think the only argument for that that I'm that I can think of is that by going small and our adjustment of having Mozgov guard. Iguodala, mm -hmm. 
Um, Iguodala certainly had his best game of the series. Um, and I don't have all the numbers of what he did versus Mozgov versus other people, but you can make an argument that he was able to take advantage of that matchup enough to make a big difference in the game. That's yeah, the only so thing I could think of if you're going to make an argument for that adjustment really being a struggle for us on defense. I think that's the only place I see it. The rest I agree with you. It's just they they hit shots, and we did yeah. not. And that's the thing. And The one thing I did notice, though, and again, I think this is more fatigue-related than small ball, although I think you're right. The small ball lab does exacerbate the fatigue because uh, you don't have – you know, our big, our big guys are chasing, you know, small guys instead of big lumbering guys. Yeah, uh, although Moscow did not look tired. No, not at all. It was, you know, in his uh, route to, you know, 28 points and 10 rebounds, which is an awesome game from him, which he should be playing against that, getting against that lineup. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, I thought we mostly had a lot of just breakdowns early in the game. You know, they would fall on a make. You know, our, we just wouldn't pick up a guy leaking out down the sideline. Like, that's just a mental breakdown, not uh, anything about scheme or anything like that. You know, those are guys that have been out there the whole series. They've been playing that small ball lineup a lot in the first three games. They just didn't start it. You mm-hmm. know, and obviously, obviously, they had Bogut out there for a good, you know, 10 to 20 minutes. I forget how many, but it was a lot. Um, so it definitely, you know, didn't have, they had a small ball lineup out more, obviously, than they did uh, in the first three games. But we've been able to defend their small ball lineup fine. In fact, that was one of the encouraging things was that their small ball lineup didn't really have uh, uh, as big of an advantage over us as it does over other teams. Um, so I'm, I'm encouraged by that in the sense that I, I got to think that we're going to be better at um, sniffing that stuff out and making sure we don't have those breakdowns where you let a guy off a make leak down the sideline for a fast break bucket. Um, the other thing but, I've seen pointed uh, out there, Pat, is that yeah. there were, there's a lot of cross matchups going on. So not Yes, I did see that. The guy guarding you is not the guy you're guarding on the other end and that that can contribute to – folks getting lost in transition opportunities like that. So I, yeah. I don't think that's going to stop. And I think that's a little more mental fatigue rather than physical, but I think those exactly. things go hand, they go in, hand, hand. in hand. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I got to hope that we'll be scheming for that and preparing for that and, and, and practicing for that. So that a little bit of muscle memory develops. You don't have to think it, you just do it, you know, and that's mm-hmm. what really becomes important when you're tired. Um, but the only thing I was going to say that I will give – it's not just, you know, oh, their guys just hit shots finally, uh, and they're not likely to do so again. We made it much easier for the role players to hit those shots than we have in past games. We gave them much – like, they were getting practice shots, basically. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you don't want that. You don't want there to be, like, you know, 15 feet between you and the guy when he's hitting a three-point shot. That's not ideal. Like, we, that's, not, that's not what we did with Teague. We gave him about five feet, right? We gave him about five feet of room. Plenty of room to get a shot. There's no way we're blocking it, right? But we're at least like up on him a little bit, uh, or at least kind of there to close out a little bit, make him think about it. Um, and that wasn't happening. And so I think when you get a pra- you know practice shots, you guys always shoot better in practice than they do in the game. So um, that was probably something we could do better on. I think that was mostly just. Not, not, this is what I will say: the small ball lineup, but having to put Mozgov on Igadala, maybe not the best thing to do. Um, maybe it's better to put Mozgov on, for example. Um, What's his name? Uh, Sean Livingston, which is crazy because he can drive, but that's a guy I don't mind taking practice shots from three-point range. He right. can do that all game. Well, um, you know, it would be Barnes in the starting lineup that he would have to guard, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, in the starting lineup, you're right. Um, or actually, honestly, you know, of, of Green. Uh, you know, Green's been so terrible from three-point range. He hit like one or two, I think, last night. Right, you uh, stick him I'm, on Green and have TT guard Barnes or Iguodala. That's, yeah, I think, I think that makes more sense, honestly. Um, 
uh, you know, I think he's feeling it uh, and he's got his confidence going because now he's in the starting lineup. And, you know, he's one of those guys that kind of like has the alpha dog mentality. He, he gets going more and he, you know, uh, uh, maybe he hits more shots because he's being tempted by Mozgov. So I, I, I consider that. I would definitely play with that. But I don't think we need to break everything. Because, again, my basic message from last night was – the other night was uh, that we were fatigued and their guys finally hit shots. And there's really no reason to think that's definitely going to happen again tomorrow night. It might. And it might. And if it does, we're going to have a hard time winning the game. But right. um, I'll, I'll get into this more. I, I feel like uh, uh, we our, our – our, our strategy on defense is still the right strategy, and we have to have the courage to stick with it, even when it even when they were, you know, punishing us uh, by hitting those shots. Um, the one thing I will say that they did more of that scared me was Curry ISOs. Yeah, uh, we don't really have any way to stop that, and they really didn't do it a lot. And I'm a little worried about them doing it a ton next game. It gets them out of their flow, so maybe that helps us in a way. Uh, when you know the shots stop falling, uh, you know if Curry throws up forty shots, maybe he doesn't, you know, isn't as effective, and maybe he bricks a bunch more because he's all ju- they're all jumpers. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's easier for him to blow past Delhi uh, to get an opening for a shot. So I gotta hope and expect that we're gonna do similar trapping even without picks. Meaning, you know, have have guys lean far away from from those other guys, those guys not named Clay Thompson, uh, to be able to uh, help early mm-hmm. uh, in a drive. To mess him up, so hopefully they're going to practice that because they obviously, obviously they did not practice it because those guys clearly were not ready for it. Uh, they left Delhi on an island, and Delhi did all right, honestly. Uh, Curry missed a lot of shots, but he got he got plenty of separation to start draining those if he's feeling in rhythm and he'll torch us. So I, I do. That's the one that does scare me about what they did differently. The small ball lamp, I feel like we can handle uh, their role players hitting a ton of shots. I feel like we can we can. Roll the dice in that again. Well, I mean, I was um, going to say, I don't think we can handle it. We just have to keep rolling the dice. No, we can live with it. Yeah, exactly. No, we can't handle it, but I feel like we can We can live with rolling the dice on that again. You know, I, I will live with it. I will live with those open shots. I like us to not leave them so wide open in the corner every single time. That does terrify me. But, you know, I will still also live with that. Um, but, yeah, the ISO scared me. Uh, uh, moving on, uh, not to the Le- LeBron yet, but um, so the Cavs' third quarter um, – was great, and that's why that's why I think the Cavs D was still working, even if it wasn't as sharp, because it wasn't as sharp. They looked so dog dead tired in, in the third quarter, but you know those shots stopped falling for a spell, and we started hitting a few shots. Delhi started hitting those th- those those you know corner threes early in the quarter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and a few other guys shots started falling. I think I think Jr. hit a shot um, uh, in that third quarter, um, and we we brought, we brought the game all the way back to three points. And I start. I mean, I I was. I started to get excited towards the end of the third quarter, going, "Holy shit! How, we're really, we're really gonna do this? We're really gonna come back? What? Wow!" And, and then the near next to last possession, Curry comes down, uh, and we switched and put TT on Curry, which uh, in these finals apparently means a guaranteed uh, three point shot. Yeah. Can can we? Can they just never, ever switch again? Can I on, on Curry or Clay like that? The, clearly, the coaches have said, you know, it's okay in these circumstances to do that. Like, just stop it. It's 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 not just not not working most of the time. It's not just the getting lucky. It's it's hundred. I feel like it's hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of a time that a switch has panned out for us on Curry or Clay. Uh, uh, TT is fantastic. Is an amazing big man defender to be able to stick with guards on the perimeter. Steph Curry is just a different guy. It's just a different uh, order of guard, and we should not be doing that. 
Uh, honestly, and he's playing and he's playing good defense. Mozgov, they're playing good defense on these on these guys when they do the switch. But for whatever reason, he just feels it and drains it every time. Break that. He's not hitting it when we do the trap and uh, show and recover. So just keep doing that. Yeah, um, totally agree with you. And finally, Kaz bench mob and Jr. That's the other reason we lost. They just were not hitting shots all night. Matt, can I just say how much I miss playing Milford Jerome's hook? Oh, Pat. Before the finals, I went and had three T-shirts silk screened. One of them was <laughs> That's right. one of them was Baby LeBron saying "Bow down." The other two were Jr. T-shirts. I've not been able to break those T-shirts out yet in these finals. He has been a severe disappointment. Um, Maddie, I, Maddie, I think I need you to take a selfie of those of those shirts. Mm -hmm. I, I need you to take a selfie of them. I need you. Are you on Instagram yet? Yeah, I'm on my gram. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I need you to send those selfies directly to Jr. and say, "Come on, man, give give me a reason to wear these." Done. I think that's all the motivation he needs. All he cares about is making it so that uh, <laughs> a white boy from Shaker that's living in San Francisco, in Golden State country, can walk the streets proudly wearing those Jr. Smith silk green shirts. Done. Sweet. All right. I think we solved the problem with Jr. Um, he. he, he wait. Go ahead. I, there is hope that he comes back, right? He is a streak shooter. He's been that way. And I think his the rest of his game uh, has waned and his confidence has waned and it's infecting other parts of his game because mm -hmm. those threes aren't falling. They can start falling. Um, yeah. that it's it totally turn, possible that it could happen. Yeah. It turn it you never know when to expect it. Um, yeah. And maybe it'll help if he stops riding that um, that weird handleless uh, segue, the the – do you know, did you see those pictures? I did see that. I saw the video ahead of the game. <laughs> that been something, there was nothing much funnier than, than, than sad JR rolling out on the handleless segue like Job from, from Arrested mm -hmm. Development. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, are they, what is that thing called? It has a crazy name. It's not it's something like didgeridoo, but not didgeridoo. Something, what is it called? The uh, motorized uh, skateboard that he's rolling? I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. There's a name for it. I, I just don't know what it is. Uh, anyway, sad. Um, uh, briefly, I, I just want to say about LeBron, uh, LeBron obviously had an off game, you know, it's funny, you know, you have an off game when you score over 20 points, like 10 rebounds and eight assists, something like that. Right. Yeah. Like that's very near triple double. Yeah. That's an off game for LeBron, but it clearly was for what we need out of him with this ragtag band we've got uh, working with him. Um, I feel like, like, for example, Iggy mocked LeBron for the ref theatrics, um, um, you know, uh, I don't want to give I don't want to give any kind of uh, respect to the bullshit coming out of Bogut's mouth. Who is just a fucking awful person uh, uh, for you know <laughs> just saying like, oh, he jumped into it. It's like fuck you, man. At the same time, I thought LeBron approached this game like cl clearly the refs are having an effect on him because he approached this game uh, uh, more focused on the refs than beating the ever living shit out of the Warriors. Yeah, right? I agree. I think I think he was taking the wrong approach. Like he he's been it, clearly the refs are having effect them the, the way they've been not calling fouls on all 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 finals every single game in this in this series. He gets calls, he's getting free throws, but like he's getting hammered every time he goes to the basket and still no calls. Like that's when the game breaks open for him when they are allowed to hack him on the drive to the basket, right? Then he starts yeah. getting ten more points, you know, uh, on top of the forty points he's making, you know, when he's on, right? That's when he gets energized, and yeah, it's a great strategy by Golden State. They're gonna let you foul him, foul him every time he goes to the rim, and just take your chance that they won't call it. Like that's a smart play to play. We have to, the refs really have to, you know, get their heads out of their asses and 
call it like they see it and actually call the fouls consistently. Um, but the problem is LeBron can't LeBron can't pay any attention to that. He ain't got time for that shit. He's got to worry about beating the ever living shit out of the Warriors and not worrying about the goddamn refs. Like, yeah, and I don't, like, I don't know what what was the the lead cause there. I don't know if he was. I, I sort of think that his exhaustion played the part, right? Like he just yeah. like he got out there and did not feel it that game, and yep. so just started bitching about the refs uh, and didn't play as hard. Didn't play, I mean, it was right right from the beginning. You could tell he did not have uh, the same pep in his step that he's had the last few games, and that that certainly we cannot we cannot have B minus games from him. It is no. only A-plus a games that are going to enable us to win in this series. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's that's probably the biggest deal of all. Yep. Uh, I would 100% agree with that. Um, so, uh, you know what? All right, so, so let's move on from the game. Uh, before we get to the keys to game five, because that's, uh, that's, where, that's where everything happens, it, let's go back to our uh, correspondence in the field. Mm. Uncle Granty and the Vile Sticky Thins, uh, they gave a post-game report uh, following the disappointing uh, loss. Let's, let's take a listen. It's Uncle Granty. Um, it's about 1 in the morning. We're turning back from Quicken Lunds Arena. The Vile Sticky Thins is trying to hook up with a couple dudes at a bachelor party right now. I'm sure it's not sexual, but I'm not so sure. Either way... <laughs> This is the second report, correspondent report, from the Quicken Loans Arena, Game 4. You might expect Spirits will be down after a 20-point drubbing by the Golden State Warriors. But you'd be wrong. I think everybody with a brain had an understanding that these guys were out of gas after Game 3. And when you put on your fan hat, you hope they overcome that, but... Logically speaking, with these cast of characters, everybody's got to be happy with a 2-2 split after four games. I could tell you the arena was off the hook. Cavs fans were blowing it out. And I, for one, am incredibly proud of these kids laying it on the line trying to achieve their dream. Obviously, we fans want a championship for this city but we'd be fools not to recognize that these kids are doing it for themselves, achieve their dreams, their glory. And these guys representing our city are laying it all on the line. It's Uncle Granty, the live game correspondent for game four of the NBA Finals. Check it out. And saying, come on, Kales. Gonna make it happen. Come on, Kale. That fast break action. Back to you, Maddie and Patty. Keep it going on. Thank you, Uncle Granty, uh, for that excellent, excellent, stir uh, inspiring, mm -hmm. and deeply sad uh, uh, post game report. Uh, from the field. Uh, Uncle Granty, Vile Sticky Thins, uh, uh, huge ups, by the way, for doing that. Uh, and anyone else um, of our loyal listeners, we uh, obviously want uh, correspondence uh, for the Maddie and Patty Cos podcast. Uh, it doesn't pay well at all, but but the glory, Matt, 
Untold. Untold. Uh, indescribable. So it's there. It's yours for the taking. Take it. Uh, but thank you guys. That was a, a fantastic report. I, I hope uh, you guys uh, can give us some more uh, since you are our uh, representatives from the SH players uh, in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, for these uh, uh, amazing finals, uh, Maddie, uh, let, let's break that down. What uh, what stood out for you in that report? So when I first heard it, I was very worried about our friend Versteeg and what might have become of him. <laughs> that he was not he had not he had missed his ride home and was apparently lost with a bachelor party and a couple strapping young men. Uh, <laughs> so concern was my first reaction. We later, of course, learned that he was fine. Yes, is uh, walking he, a little funny the next day. Yeah, a little funny. As he said, uh, he said in an email to us afterwards, uh, n "quote No actual hooking up, but I did quote uh, ass fuck some dummies at the poker table in a highly successful <laughs> one hour casino session on my way home from the game to the tune of three hundred big ones, some of the best cards I ever had, including my aces holding up against kings in a big pre flop all in." That's my best sticky impression. Sorry, guys. Uh, so uh, that was that was pretty uh, fantastic. Um, I was surprised uh, by Grant Keating's Uncle Granty's southern accent, which kind of came out of nowhere. I did not realize that Grant had any southern blood uh, or or uh, ancestry in him to break out that accent. Did you? I mean, he doesn't. Uh, but yes, that's sort of what I meant. I guess. Uh, but somehow Can I know that Grant had that in him? Yes, that I for sure do. <laughs> I, I didn't expect it. Uh, Pat I, Grant I, is an everyman. This and, is true. And the South is included in, in that everyman category. It certainly is. Um, I, I, when I heard him, my first, the first picture I had of him, uh, especially when he sang, sings the Cavs, Come On Cavs song at the end, I don't know why, but I sort of pictured him sitting in a bathroom stall with his drawers around his ankles, a, a bottle of whiskey in his hand, singing just to fight back the uncontrollable sobbing, which came immediately, immediately, immediately <laughs> after he had signed off. <laughs> I told that to Grant, and Grant said, no, 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 part two was recorded uh, driving through the mean streets of Cleveland. Yeah. And I thought to myself, I don't, now, now I'm picturing Matthew McConaughey yeah. rolling in his Lincoln MKZ, rubbing his fingers together. <laughs> Just waxing philosophic about the world, talking about the heart, the heart of these of this of this team. These kids are doing it, it for themselves. They're doing it for they're themselves. For the city, for themselves, and what they're doing for themselves, they're doing for the city. They're not doing it for us; they're doing it for themselves. But by doing it for themselves, they're helping heal this city. I can't do a good McConaughey, but like if, I, if you're throwing the southern accent, that would be on. Um, would be fools not to recognize that, Pat. Fools, yeah. fools, fools. So, uh, gentlemen, that was fantastic and excellent. And uh, Uncle Grampy also spot on. Uh, as we said, the fatigue was probably the biggest factor in uh, biggest story in Game Four. The, I think the second biggest uh, factor was uh, Golden State's role players hitting shots that they haven't hit uh, in the first three games. They're one for four right now. That's a percentage we can live with if they keep that percentage up. <laughs> uh, then we're looking good. Yeah, also um, importantly, it's it's easy to feel downtrodden right now after a loss mm -hmm. like that. And any yeah. loss, I mean, that's – I said this to you after the game, Pat. There's no such mo thing as momentum in, in these series, right? Like every game yep. feels in, – in a, in a big series like this, it's just seven games. Every single game feels like it's turning things. It's yep. easy to get caught up in that. But just to pull back and say, 
Kyrie's hurt. We <laughs> yeah, lose the first game like that. we do, right. we're, yeah. and we're we're tied in this series two two. Uh, is incredible. Yeah. And if you had, if you had told me that after game one, I would have taken it a thousand times out of a thousand, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Um. So tough loss to stomach, but one we said we were going to get blown out at some point in this series. That was going to happen, right? Their offense yeah. is too good, and our offense is so bad. <laughs> um, yeah. th th this was bound to happen. There was going to be a game where our shots weren't falling and theirs were, and there's essentially nothing we could do about it. And that's what that yeah. looks like. And it definitely yeah. sucks. Um, but it, we shouldn't be surprised. And I don't know that it's a harbinger of anything besides that, other than it, it's entirely possible that something like that happens again. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. I think that's no, the reality. Yeah. We are at a talent deficit in this series. <laughs> that is real. Um, and something like that was bound to happen at least once. It could happen again. Uh, but we shouldn't read much more into it than that, in my opinion. Yep, yep absolutely. And, I mean, um, yeah, I 100% agree. Uh, I, the thing we have to worry about and keep an eye out for is we have to do everything in our power to stop this narrative from matching the Golden State-Memphis uh, narrative. Uh, we talked about it last podcast about the similarities and dissimilarities between the 2-1 leads that we had. So far, it's spot on except for game one, which, you know, obviously we gave them more of a fight than Memphis did in game one. Um, but you know, uh, you know, now we're suffering, you know, f fatigue injuries to our, our guard play, similar to the, the injuries that Memphis had, they got blown out in game four. Um, and they, they were atrocious from the three point line. Again, the difference is Memphis is supposed to be atrocious from the three point line. They just, they just didn't build to, to hit that three point shot. Mm -hmm. And that was always a big gap in their game. And it was their Achilles heel. Um, Matt Moore, um, the blogger of Hardwood Paroxysm, uh, CBS Sports guy, uh, he is a huge Grizzlies fan, and he's been yeah you know, he acknowledged that from the beginning. It was just hard to see see them beating Golden State if they couldn't hit three pointers. That's the equalizer for us, and that's the third thing I think that was the key to losing on Game Four was that our our bench mob just didn't hit threes, and that's that's half of LeBron's game. And in fact, and the thing is, they doubled him much more aggressively in this game. Our bench mob got more open looks from three than they ever got in the series. They just didn't yep. hit them. Maybe that was because they weren't expecting it. They weren't used to it. I don't know. They didn't, they didn't mentally prepare to have all those open shots. They're so used to just, you know, watching LeBron, you know, just just destroy them while, uh, uh, by himself. Uh, but that's a huge, important factor going forward um, if the Cavs have any hope of uh, keeping this thing going. Um, so, so, Pat, uh, let, me, let me ask you, ahead. Pat. Yeah, go ahead. The, the, uh, the, the resident mole for the Cleveland locker room, Oh, yes. Ryan Windhorst reported that Cavs players are upset with David Blatt for not going deeper into his bench. Marla Ridenauer wrote a piece in on Ohio.com, the Beacon Journal website, uh, saying that the Cavs' seven-man rotation has perhaps doomed them to failure in these finals. Um, what do you think of that? Should, should Blatt uh, dig, dig deeper into that bench and give uh, more meaningful minutes to... Mike Miller, Sean Marion, Kendrick Perkins. Well, I will say, I will say this, Matt. There's a there's a a, a Twitter guy, uh, Cavs Twitter uh, guy who I, I'm I can't remember which one it was, uh, and so apologies for not giving you credit for it. It's either I drown your cat. That's literally his his Twitter handle. Um, no, no, drown your cat. Excuse me, drown your cat is his Twitter handle, uh, and. I think he said something along the lines of like, you know, at some point, you know, I, I don't want to second guess David Blatt here, but. 
you know, the lineup that included uh, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love was doing pretty good. I think you might, you know, get, think about starting them at some point. Uh, I, I, think this is, I think this is laughable because that's the point. You know, there's no one uh, even one-fourth their caliber on the bench uh, that we aren't playing. Uh, it, you know, we got away with some Mike Miller minutes in game, was it one or two? Two, I think. Uh, and it actually made a few good plays. And, like, I'm not opposed to getting a few couple minutes of burn out of Mike Miller or Matrix. I feel like we do have to do that. I think that would be smart for David Blatt. But let's give me, give me a fucking break. Getting two to three minutes out of uh, Mike Miller and Sean Mary is not going to be the difference maker in a 21-point blowout. Right. Uh, no, that certainly wasn't the difference there. I, I do think there's – There's something to it, and, but uh, – and, But you're right. It's a couple minutes because those guys are going to get exposed. Unless, unless we have been doing an incredible job of sandbagging what their capabilities are for the entire yeah. year. Mm-hmm. And they have some untold reserves of play in them that have just been hidden heretofore. Yeah, um, it it might make sense to use them to deploy them to get a couple more minutes of rest for LeBron, for Shumpert, for Delhi. I could see well, that. The, well, the tricky but, thing is, Matt. The tricky thing is, Matt. We can't put them out there when LeBron is sitting. Like that's the problem for me. I, right. I don't want to have uh, 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 sorry Matrix or Mike Miller on the court with LeBron on the bench. Period. If we're going to have them out there, we have to hide them, and we can't hide them if LeBron's on the bench. So they're only really going to do is spell the other guys. And there's something to be said for that because, you know, obviously Delhi is, you know, running on fumes now. Tristan doesn't look entirely like himself. He's not doming the way he should. Bozgov is just a beast, and, and I'm not worried about him. Um, but, you know, Shump, uh, you know, JR out of sorts. I don't think JR's tired, but, uh, you know, he's playing fine minutes, but Shump is running a lot of minutes. So, yeah, I could see that being helpful to give them a couple more minutes here and there, but I think people are really overplaying the huge impact that will have. Uh, you know, they played Curry the entire second half, you know. Uh, so, you know, they played a seven-man rotation last night. They just, had, they just haven't been doing it for as long as we have. Um, desperate measures, man. I, I, I just don't think it's a really huge key. I like, I like to see Black do it, um, especially if there is any kind of grumbling going on in the cash. And, and, like, it's, so here's it's, – it's, let it's, me ask it's, you this uh, question. Uh, Good. Yeah. Who the hell is doing this grumbling? Yeah. Right? So my the suspects for me are some of those players themselves, Marion and Miller, which would seem a little odd to me. And then, Yeah, exactly. And then the other candidate is LeBron. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, I wouldn't put it past him. I wouldn't put it past him to do that kind of thing through the media. And mm-hmm. I feel like he's done sort of this kind of stuff through Windhorst before, through his emissaries through Windhorst. Um, mm-hmm. Could that really be true? Does he really want more major minutes for Mike Miller and Crypt Keeper Marion? I, the, I problem, don't know. the problem is that, that um, Wendy's been so wrong about so much over the past two years. Uh, and he used to be one of my favorite reporters. Even when he was with Miami, I thought he was a great reporter. Um, and the, first thing, the only thing uh, he'd missed until two years ago was the LeBron leaving Cleveland thing, which right. he did not see coming at all. Um, he's been so wrong. I mean, he, this is the guy that reported like confidently, like with 100% assurance that LeBron would never, ever play with Kyrie Irving. Right. This is when Kyrie was really, you know, sucking, and you and I were like starting to question him because he was playing so poorly and and, and had such terrible demeanor, and you know, not saying the right things to the press, yada yada. Um, so if LeBron is funneling, funneling this stuff to him, I don't think he's funneling it to him in good faith. <laughs> I 
I think right. he's got, you know, he's, he's stirring up his own shit of some sort, whether it's with Blatt or whether it's just with the press or with faking out uh, uh, Golden State. I, I don't know. I don't think it's that serious. I think at best maybe he overheard it um, and just the natural stuff of wanting to get in there. But, you know, I don't fully. At the same time, look, Blatt's not a likable guy, so it's certainly possible these guys still hate him. <laughs> but right. they're playing hard for him. Anyway, they're playing hard for each other anyways and recognizing that he's not an idiot and that he does put themselves in a good position to succeed and that he's a good, successful guy. They just don't like some of his calls. They don't like that he does this or whatever. That's common with any great coach that you like. You know, There's certain things you don't like about them, but you know, you're still are excited about everything else they bring to, the, bring to the table, right? Yeah. So I think at the end of the day, the Cavs' seven-man rotation is not going to doom them. Yeah. Injuries to Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving and going to uh, Anderson <laughs> Barishow is what yeah. will doom us. Yes, Yes. If you want to go beyond that, then you, you would have to make criticisms of either Griffin or LeBron, the GM, for filling out the end of our bench the way it's been filled out. But but again, I, I, I agree with you. I think Blatt's doing what he has to do here. I don't think there are better yeah. options. And again, I, I feel like that's also criticizing a GM for not having um, top-notch uh, finals, uh, 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 lengthy finals minute-worthy players uh, as the 10th, 11th, and 12th options in your bench. Yeah, I mean, that's right. that's just... What a terrible GM. What a terrible GM to, to not have good 10, 11, 12 options on the right. bench. Because if you have Kevin Love and Kyrie and Veraja, we have a super deep team. Super deep. You know what I mean? It's ridiculous. So uh, I, I just think that's, that's, it's not nothing, but it's not much. It's not, yeah. it's not, a, it's not a big deal. It's, it certainly not, doesn't reach – it doesn't crack the top three of reasons why we lost uh, any games this season. Uh, in yeah. this in this finals, um, so let me. Get, I want to hear yours because um, uh, Game Five is huge. It's Sunday night at eight p.m. Thank God, so I'll get some sleep. Uh, well, you know, one hour more sleep, I guess, because still takes it, it still takes me two hours to to wind down from games. Of course, it's, it's crazy. I can't I can't fall asleep. Um, uh, I I think the, the biggest key is uh, stay with it. To quote uh, the uh, uh, Cavs mantra. Which I forget which which assistant coach uh, coined that. Do you remember? I think it's Larry Drew. Posey? Oh no, that's that that is Posey. Posey. You're right. That's Posey. Posey kept saying, "Stay with it, stay with it." And they started saying to each other, "Staying to each other," and now it's like their mantra. And I think it's absolutely true in this case. And it look, it was the key I think to the Atlanta series. How often we would stay with it with that defense that uh, we set up, where we would let them take those shots, those shots that you know Stiggy before. Uh, Criticized well, you know, certainly on Teague, he was criticizing that we just let these guys open. They would just, not, they would just wouldn't hit them. Um, that was that was by design. Whether it was wrong or not was the design. Uh, and even when they started hitting stuff, getting hot, we didn't change it up really. We, mm -hmm. we stuck with it. We kept the defense in place, and eventually the law of averages came back in our favor, and they started missing, and we ran away with it. Uh, I want us to keep doing that. We got to keep doing that. Uh, I think the defense is working. Third quarter showed that. The third quarter really showed it in a game where we did not have the energy to really execute it as well as we want. So I think that's what that's what it tells us more than anything. I don't think small ball on uh, the Warriors' side solved our defense, uh, and I think the Warriors will miss shots again. It may not be tomorrow. I think they're going to have at least one more game where they're supporting cast. Uh, if I'm right, if, if the one-fourth rule stays true, we have a good chance at uh, being, able, being able to pull it off. Uh, a good, I mean, that's, that's saying I – mean, what. That sentence is crazy, Matt. But I just yeah. said that that, that it, if their supporting cast doesn't hit shots uh, in two out of three games, 
we have a good chance of pulling it off. It's insane that that's even a, a, a somewhat true statement. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because the whole point is we have to keep Steph Curry from having games better than he had on in game four. He had a good game in game four, but it was a, it was a earthbound game. It was an earthbound yes. good game. It wasn't Steph Nova. It was manageable Nova. for us. Manageable. Uh, they've only had, of the two of them, of the Splash Brothers, only Clay has had one crazy ass game. Uh, I think we won that game. Um, yes. But that's the thing is that we want to keep them both from beating us. And I think that's a key strategy we have to keep going with. The thing we need is for the bench mob to start hitting their shots. Um, that's something that we can't really survive, I think, uh, the rest of the series with. Um, another key I want to bring up that we haven't really talked about much because the stats don't really. Uh, the stats are confusing on this. Uh, you know, the, the Warriors went small. Great. We really need to be punishing them more. We need to be like obliterating them. Just, just like we need to make it panic-inducing uh, on the boards. We. I thought we did that in the last game. We had 16 offensive rebounds in the last right, game. Right, right. You see that stat? You go, oh wow, that's that's crazy. But the Golden State had 18 in Game Three. Uh, yeah. As you, which is crazy. But hold on, Matt. We only won the boards. 49 to 44. We won it by five rebounds. Yeah, but that's the wrong way to look at it, Pat. Uh, uh, I disagree. They got, they, got, they, got, they got like something like 38 defensive boards. That's because we were missing shots like crazy. That's what right. happens when you shoot 33% from the field is that there's tons of rebound opportunities. So that's, it's, it's the wrong – total rebounds is the wrong way to look at the stats. But I agree with it's you. It's percentage except, of rebound miss that you want to except, look at. Except that, Matt, in any other kind of game and lineup, 16 offensive boards is amazing, but not when you have Mozgov and TT going against a small ball lineup like that. We need to be crushing it. If there's, if there's that many missed shots, we need to be having more than 20 offensive boards. That may sound crazy, but so is crazy is playing a small, playing six, a six seven guy as your, as your center for, for, for lengthy stretches of the game, right? If that's the tallest guy they're going to play, or 6'8", how, how tall is Dre Green? Is he 6'8"? Yeah, something like that. Probably 6'7", in reality. Yeah, exactly. If that's your tallest guy, if that's your center, it's not crazy to be having 20 offensive boards, especially for missing a ton. Like I, th- I think I think we did not punish them enough. We, you know, we look. We it certainly was an advantage, but it was just like it was like an advantage, meh. You know, and, and Steve Kerr was like, yeah, okay, I'll live with that, sure. You know, because uh, it, it, it got them going in, in other ways or whatever. He felt like it got their, you know, their their fight and their pep and their step back or whatever. Uh, the way to take the pep out, step, pep out of their step is to get four shots in every fucking possession. Yeah. So I don't know how we do that. Uh, I don't know if it's TT. I don't know if it's if it's just great scheming by Golden State. If it's just bad luck. Uh, I, I feel like it's I not honestly crazy. would prefer to just hit some shots. <laughs> just hit nothing. Shots. I agree. That, that was my my key before the bench mob thing. But I feel like if they're gonna play that lineup for that that long, we gotta be even more punishing on the boards um, than we were. I mean, we were punishing, but like, I just feel like five rebounds isn't enough to, to is not a big enough margin. We need to be destroying them on the boards, and we didn't destroy them. Would you agree that we didn't destroy them on the boards? No, I, I don't know. I don't know what's the definition of destroy here. We beat yeah. them pretty badly on the boards, Pat. On the, on the offensive boards, but not on defensive. And again, you're saying because of the shots, but I still feel like that just means we aren't winning as many percentages of the potential rebounds we have to get. You know, Obviously, if we miss any more shots, we have more chances of offensive rebounds. I'd like us to get more. So, of course, we're going to have 16. My point is 16 is not as impressive given how many shots we missed. Does that make sense? Sure. I, that would be the equivalent of saying LeBron scored 40 points. That's great. I need him to score 60 points. <laughs> That's uh, what I'm hearing from you. I don't think we, killed, we beat them badly on the boards in that game. Very badly. Mm-hmm. If you're telling me we need to beat them but, worse, okay. Just know what you're asking. <laughs> yeah, but but again, we're not playing. We're not playing Miles you know, or Bogut, uh, you know, in Azili for long stretches of the game. We're playing sure. 
tallest guy six eight. I think we should be punishing him more because that, that that that's a big advantage we have that I don't think we've taken enough uh, 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 out of. We certainly took advantage of Mozgov in the post. That's what led to twenty eight uh, uh, points. Um, but I think we need to do the same thing with the with the boards. I don't know how we do it, but um, I think we should be getting a higher percentage of uh, offensive rebounding chances with that kind of a lineup. Um, and the third thing is just you know LeBron has to score sixty points, Matt. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, we need LeBron. We need, we need LeBron to be great. LeBron back. Yeah, we need we need LeBron to be great, and like that's that was the story of the first three games, um, and we're gonna need it for the last three. So those those are those are my keys. Looks like you buy two of them, <laughs> but, but what? It, what? It, <laughs> I would just say continue. I would just say continue to dominate the boards, probably rather than this uh, this this, <laughs> this mythical level to, to which you want us to to ascend to. I, I just, I just think with a small ball lineup, it's, it's not that crazy. Like that, we should be doing, we should be more eye-openingly devastating. Instead, it's like we've done that to, we did that to the Bulls. We've had, we've had series against the Bulls where we had games like that. Like I just feel like you know, those are good rebounding teams. The small ball lineups that are out there are not good rebounders. They shouldn't be good rebounders. Well, and except Draymond Green, still, you know, he's, still he's still a good, good rebounder, but not that good. Barnes is a pretty know. good rebounder for his size. Like I, I, I hear what you're saying. I just think yes, we beat them. I don't know how much more we can expect there. Yeah, let me put it this way: I'm not. And it also doesn't matter if we're getting those boards if we can't do anything once we get them. That's true. That's true. But I will. Uh, let me be clear: one thing. I'm not saying. I'm not saying uh, again. Not to dig at Stiggy uh, again, but to dig at Stiggy. Uh, uh, Stiggy throughout the Boston, there's that Boston series, the uh, Bulls series, was complaining about Tristan. And his lack of defensive rebounds. Yes. And it was like I was like, Jesus Christ, what do you want him to do? He's guarding all of their 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 guards on switches and shutting them down. He's destroying them on offensive boards. He's getting putbacks. Like, okay, he isn't. You know why he doesn't get defensive rebounds? Because he's guarding guys in the perimeter. <laughs> it's hard to get position under the basket when you're on the perimeter for half the game. Uh, you know. So I, I you know, it's sorry, Sticky, to throw that at you while you're not able to defend yourself. But um, uh, I'm not making the same argument of. We're screwing up by not getting all those up. Yeah, you know, we're doing a terrible job on the offense. No, we're doing what we should be doing. I'm just saying I think we that's a place where we can actually improve and equalize things and like that we could actually be doing. We should be even doing better, I think. So that's that's my my last defense of my questionable <laughs> we should be we should be obliterating them on the boards more. <laughs> Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, 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 what are your quickly, Matty? Because I know you got to go. What are your uh, uh, final keys uh, to the game? Uh, no, I think I agree. I think it's we have to have our energy back. Our guys have to hit their shots, and we need LeBron to be LeBron again. That's it. Dialed up. LeBron has to be dialed up and intense from from minute one. Mm -hmm. uh, and if we don't yeah. get all three of those things, I think we're sunk. I actually, and I, are we going to do predictions here in a second? Oh, uh, I did, I, have we been doing predictions per, per game? I, I don't well, let's, I, get, I, let's, right, let's do it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Before, before we go, because I have to go in a minute. Uh, yeah. I think they, I think they dropped this game. I think the Warriors get them here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nobody should be devastated or surprised by that. The Warriors are going to be super energized coming home. The crowd here will be nuts. Um, I predict their shots keep falling. I think the Cavs have a better performance than they did last time. Have more energy, um, but I think this. They have, they're going to have to go back home and defend home court to keep it going. That's my, yeah. that's my guess. I, I tend to agree with you. I think uh, they've got their mojo back. They got their confidence, their, their, their overconfidence back. 
their oversense of accomplishment back. Uh, but that's what that's what they thrive on, and that's what they're gonna you know start running a little bit more and hitting some shots. Uh, and I think we'll probably continue to struggle. But I think LeBron come with a bigger game. I think we'll keep it much closer. I think it'll be uh, you know last game didn't tear my heart out uh, because we were behind for so long. Uh, I think this one's gonna be hard to watch. I think this one's gonna be uh, one of those crushers. Um, but yeah, I think we're gonna lose a, a closer one uh, tomorrow night, and uh, and I think I think it'll really test our resolve with a defensive strategy that worked for us in the first three games because I think it'll be the second game in a row where they're supporting cast hit shots. Yeah, and I think we'll be I think we'll be tempted to say, "Oh, look, we're well, hitting the shots now. Now we gotta try something else." Uh, and I think we have to have the perseverance to stick through with that and keep the same defense in place, knowing that eventually those shots are gonna stop falling and we're gonna start winning. So um, yeah, I tend to agree with you. I think we're gonna we're gonna drop game five, and uh, and it'll be uh, everything on the line for game six. But we'll see. We, we, that's why they play the games, Maddie. That's right, Pat. So that is right. So we'll so we'll see. Game five tomorrow night, eight o'clock Sunday. So the nice thing is that nice thing is it's the end of the day. It doesn't you know with the Browns it always like be at one o'clock in the afternoon and ruin the rest of your day. Uh-huh. So you can actually have a nice day. So be, spend time with your family, with your kids your loved ones, enjoy them, uh, and then let the uh, the internal scream build up inside of you. Yeah, let the darkness point. wash wow. over you. Yes, yes. All right, Maddie, that does it for the uh, Maddie and Patty Cos- Pe- uh, Cast Podcast, Episode 8. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and uh, we'll be back with you guys after Game 5 on uh, probably, what, Monday night, right? Monday night. Monday night, we'll be back at you. Uh, until then, uh, this is Maddie and Patty saying – Friendship. Mm. <laughs> that was close. That was, it was very close. You, you caught me at the end there. It's getting better. All right. <laughs> Go Cavs, Maddie. Go Cavs. Yeah.